We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much. So many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Ave Maria. Welcome everybody back to another edition, finally, of, what do we call it in this thing? I, we haven't done it in so long, I forgot what it was. Uh, yeah, that's right, Resistance Radio. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's been weeks since I've done something like this. We've been, we're in the m- middle of moving, the wife's packing, I'm packing. We're trying to figure out where to move to. we got about 15 days to figure that out, maybe less. Still working on that, so, and then on top of that, I was putting together the uh, New Mexico a project so trying to get working on the Colorado one still driving still doing what we're doing every day so it just uh, just ain't not enough hours in a day and I need some more sleep so just ain't gotten around to doing it but this one I was listening to uh, brother Andre and his reconquest podcast and so it uh got me perked up to want to do it again and uh, so I figured why not do it on this and it's uh, on this article on the heirs of Russia now in inf- infected Rome, but I'm not going to talk about Rome, uh, unlike the article which I have listed in the uh, description section of the video, the show notes section. Uh, the author, I'm going to screw her name up, uh, Mike, Mike, we'll just say Miss Sixon, uh, wrote this back in 2016, December 13th, on this, and it's uh, in 1 Peter 5. She lists about 12, I think they are, uh, 12 heirs of Russia that she counted up. One, an atheistic, uh, materialistic worldview which aims at undermining anything Christian in society. Just look around society, you can see that, getting rid of Ten Commandments outside of governments. Uh, you'll see the rise of a... Uh, uh, what do you call it? the black masses, uh, the atheists in general. We got uh, pro- got colleges and universities that have different groups for Satanists and things like that, um, which they claim to be atheistic basically, but they're under this Satanist banner basically. Uh, you see the rise in atheism, the the nons, uh, the group that don't believe in anything anymore, even though they have you know today's atheists is lack uh, a big philosophy part of it versus the old-time atheists. Get the book that Scott Hahn did uh, with, uh, I can't remember who he co-authored that, uh, talking about the new atheists. Two, an ideology that is disconnected from truth and reality. See transgenderism. See I'm a, I'm a cat uh, people. The See the people that want to marry their lamp. Uh, see, you know, I want to marry a dolphin. I'm uh, I'm 40. I'm a 17-year-old or a 13-year-old trapped in a 48-year-old's body. See the rise in uh, female athletes—not uh, female athletes—men pretending to be female and playing in women's games. Notice that you don't see women pretending to be male and trying to play in the NFL. It's not going to happen. They're not going to join the MMA 
men's group. They're not going to join the heavyweight competition of the men's boxing uh, groups and try to get in that. They're, they know they're going to get their brains kicked out. But guys pretending to be females going in and dominating the sports and people are okay with it for somehow and letting them break records like that one guy we talked about a couple months ago in the UK that uh, told everyone he was going to be a female uh, for about an hour and a half smashed the deadlift record or squat record I can't remember which one it was and then went back to a man <laughs> and the record stands talk about disconnecting truth from reality a cultural three a cultural Marxism that later permeated into the West with the help of Frankfurt School and Antonio Gramsci's ideas. I have a couple of videos from sermons that talk about both of those. Uh, see the series on Our Lady of Revelation. I definitely know that's in the second half of the, the uh, lectures. Four a revolutionary socialistic spirit that undermines especially major aspects of family life, especially with the help of feminism, divorce, and abortion. We're going to get into feminism after this top 12 list. Five, a Hegelian dialectic philosophy along with dialectic materials which claims that strife and ongoing contention in society are necessary in order to bring about higher and unfolding forms of life. Such an approach essentially denies the principle or law of non-contradiction. Five, a form of governing revolutionary socialism that is also constitutionally called, quote, democratic centralism, the latter formation meaning that things have the appearance of being openly democratic, yet they are all centrally organized and managed in the background. You can see literally any governmental idea, you know, name your alphabet soup group, name your government program, it's all, and you, you hear it, you hear people talk about, we're a democracy, we're a democracy, we're a democracy, we used to be a republic. As Franklin said, even though he was a kind of a, like a witch free, uh, Freemason weirdo, uh, he did get it right. Said uh, when they came out of the uh, uh, the deliberations, saying somebody asked him, I can't remember the lady's name, but her, she has a name. Uh, my boy Mike Church talks about it or has it in his movie. Uh, is it the Spirit of Seventy Six? Road to Independence. Uh, that's it. The DVD that he has out on that uh, did a fantastic job with that one. Anyways. He said, Franklin says, uh, when asked, what did you guys come up with? And he goes, a republic, if you can keep it. We ain't kept it. We're, uh, you go look at the videos in Augustine, uh, not Augustine Institute, Ab uh, the Abbeville Institute. There's a video called Out of Scale. It's a great five-minute, six-minute video. talks about how we're literally out of scale. The founders would have thought that to be too big of a republic would be about five or 6,000 people per city, per area, governing area. Like the old, like in the days out in Greece and the city states, etc. Uh, today, look at New York City. How many millions live there? San Francisco. Look at the big cities. Uh, I think they what the last one uh, ratio is that they came up with was about nine hundred thousand to one representative. I think we said this in the first podcast. That's not representation. You cannot represent nine hundred thousand people. Just like. Uh, uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall had a great write-up on uh, bishops. How back in the, you look back in the old days, each bishop had a little section. There was a ton of bishops in Italy, but if you looked at the U.S. map, there was just one bishop for the entire state. And you know we're looking at 28, 2019. Uh, bishop of Charleston runs the entire state of South Carolina. That's a big land. That's a decent-sized landmass. Uh, back in the old day, back in Italy, Europe area, you'd have about six or seven, eight bishops in that area just for that. 
uh, just got to break that down. You, that's not, it, it's tough to govern that, that way. I know we got off topic on number six. Number seven, a disregard for tradition and for the traditional institutions of society as a counter-revolutionary forces. You see that all over the place. How many, how many statues are getting torn down? You know, everyone just, they hate Columbus. They don't know anything about Columbus, but they know they hate Columbus. They got to get rid of them. We got to get rid of uh, the statues of, I'm a southerner, great southern men in the day. I just hatred of anything old school type deal. Everything's new. I just saw, I was, we're after I got done working out, I just noticed I'm a, I'm a Carolina Panther fan. I watched the Amazon series, which if you're going to watch it, there's an edited version because the F-bomb has dropped way too many times. That's another problem we have in society. It's people cuss all the time. It's like a verbal grunt, but you can't come up with anything. You just cuss. It's like a comma they use. Anyways, uh, my wife was giving Cam a hard time about his clothes. He has a weird style. Yes, it's kind of metro type type deal. And they had this uh, video on in the locker room about, it was a slow news day, I guess, for ESPN. Um, this clothing guy in England, I think you're a fr- I think France, that uh, Cam gravitated to. That's where he found his style at. And we're talking, this was the weirdest junk I've ever seen. It was, it was that stuff you see that you, you know people joke about. Some guy that walks out, it looks like he's got a lampshade on. Or something like that. That's this guy. I'm going. What? Yeah. You know, what? How's that? You talk about this day for tradition. We're getting rid of traditional values. We get traditional institutions like marriage, the family, which we'll talk about that towards the and the second half of this. Hatred of men, men in general. We'll talk about that too. We got. I got a couple of things to that from a couple of years ago. That you're gonna. I don't know if you've heard of before. Uh, eight, a deceitful misuse of language with the attempt to manipulate the public. We're not just talking about cussing. We're talking about stuff like. Uh, we'll see healthcare example though you know everyone's get rid of healthcare nobody on the planet no one in the union gets turned away from uh, healthcare care everyone gets health care c a r e it's health insurance that's the argument again that's just that's just a minor one a minor one that they're talking about but no you notice that everyone you talk to they always talk about healthcare healthcare healthcare, healthcare. Women's care, women's right to choose. That's a misuse of language. What choose what? Is, is life not a choice? But it's only abortion. Only you can only you can kill, but you can't say kill the baby. You have to say women's choice. You can have. I mean, I tell some people they it really gets them weird. Hey, I'm a fan of women's uh, choice. I'm for pro choice on this. Uh, the woman can have a choice of Seven Up or Sprite, Coke or Pepsi, sweet or unsweet, uh, left or right side of the bed. Uh, you want a, you want two door two garages one garage one car two cars, uh, choice of what to wear choice of what we're going to feed the kids choice of what you want to watch on TV. You don't have a choice of killing your own baby. That's the only quote unquote choice that they come up with. But words matter, language matters. Language is a, a weapon. Uh, go to I'll I'll try to link it if I remember. But if you don't go to Corbett Report and look at the it was a couple weeks ago he did a section on or a video a video blog on language, very good the web language being weaponized, but you see that all over. Like I said, healthcare it's not about healthcare it's about health insurance, but no one wants to talk about health insurance. Why? Because the government runs health insurance. Medicare is government in insurance. Government insurance that's Medicare. It's run by them. And they dictate to every 
insurance company what to do and what not to do. And then on top of that, some states only have one, two, maybe three or four. They can't sell across state lines. The whole thing. It's not health care. Health care is not the problem. It's health insurance. We have the best health care in the world. The health insurance is a different story. Nine, a method of branding one's own opponents with sweeping and demeaning language that abstractly categorizes them as, quote, right-wing or counter-revolutionary. You could also throw in, because this was written in 2016, and, and the R-word, racist, has been thrown out way more in the last couple of years. Where is it, was it racist, misogynist, bigot, bigot. They talk about bigot all the time. Fascist. I mean, how many people use the F-word fascist and have zero clue what it means? Uh, you'll see that all over, especially by the people that hate Donald Trump. President Trump is hated by these guys, and they call him fascist. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Antifa. Antifa. Anti-fascist. That's what his uh, long-term is. It is short-term is Antifa. They're anti-fascist, but they, they're actually fascists. Uh, Ten. An approach to ongoing revolutionary changes where there is both, quote, a slow path and a fast path of the revolution, such as the dialectic and the dialectical process. Eleven toward more moderate and compromising opponents one tries first tries to incorporate them into the professed new system so as to use them as lenin's quote useful idiots in the sense that they help give the world illusionary idea that nothing has really changed there was a video the other day i saw where uh, one guy went on campus it wasn't berkeley it's been too easy but it was some college campus and he was talking to, he gave the quotes from president obama about immigration and they asked them, hey, after you hear this quote, what'd you think? And they were like, oh, that can't, that's terrible, blah, blah, blah. They, they, they just, they called it out. They thought it was terrible how bad of a person would say that. And they thought it was Trump. <laughs> they thought it was President Trump. So when the guy told him, well, this was actually President Obama, because they asked him, who, who said this? And he said, oh, it's like Trump, 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 Trump. And when they said it was, uh, when he told him it was Obama, two of them played, towed, the, towed their party line. It's, well, you know, it's, it's. That's what happens. It's, he he didn't mean it that way. Type deal, you know. <laughs> Talk about useful idiots, or the, you know, the new uh, Planned Parenthood president is a black lady. How are you talking about irony? A group that was created to exterminate black people. The new president is a black lady. <laughs> talking, you, you don't get any more useful idiot than that, unless it's just totally evil, which, you know, that could be it, too. There's a lot of, you know, Jesse Jackson used to be pro-life and then changed because uh, the money talks. They gave him a ton of money to switch and bada-bing. Jesse Jackson went from pro-life to pro-kill them all. Twelve, as of the last element, but of course the very important and painful one for those who lived under communism, there is a constant sense of distrust and fear unto the imprisonment and killing of one's opponents. You see that. Uh, turn on the TV. What they throw at you? Fear, 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 fear. Obviously, distrust. How many people? I think there was a uh, poll out of how many people don't trust the government. It was a ton. Uh, don't trust the media. Uh, they're doing. I mean, I don't know if they're doing it. They to say it, they're doing it to themselves. I mean, you got CNN that's uh, bought. You know, before was it? I can't remember who bought it. Who? What's the man's name? I could picture him right now and draw him for you. Before that, they were actually a you know, decent news program. Now it's just all in on the left side. Uh, half to you know, three quarters of their you know group were you know Hillary supporters or ran in their camp, ran her campaign or something like that. So I mean, you got media pushing fear, 
TV's pushing fear, movies push fear, everything in society's pushing fear, everything talks about fear, blogs are about fear. Try look try watching the news all day like some of these people do. Even Fox. Turn that on, read these blogs, and then come out saying you're happy. That everyone's fearful about something or upset about something or distrust anything. I mean no one trusts you know yeah, I don't mean trust me, I don't trust the government, but good grief. There's people don't trust anybody. But that's a we're getting in, not indoctrinated with it. We're getting programmed this way to not trust anything, to fear everything, to live in a constant state of fear. You can't go to the T. You can't go to the airport without being frisked. You can't go to a baseball game without being frisked. You can't go anywhere without Big Brother watching. And people like it. They, you know, was that great the line from Captain America, the second one, Winter Soldier, when he's he's arguing with Samuel L. Jackson and Samuel tell, uh, character. Uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Anyway, he says uh, he's all jacked about these three new big. Uh, planes they got that are supposed to be the uh, the police force in the sky basically and Captain America looks at him and goes that's that's not a that's not protection that that's not freedom that's fear and that's what it was it's your fear of everything now let's look at feminism a little bit I just posted a few sermons on it the other day on feminism we got a good bit of hits uh, but uh feminism is just basically Marxism in a skirt one of its ultimate goals was the destruction of the uh, nuclear family by ousting the husband from the household and marrying the wife to the state. It leads to this whole idea of women are oppressed by men and government needs to come in and fix things, basically. That's what you've seen today. That's the end result of that. Feminism pushes for rights of women while divorcing them from their responsibilities. Here's a quote from a feminist, Catherine McKinnon. Feminism, socialism, and communism are one and the same. The socialistic communist government is the goal of feminism. A example of this whole myth of women oppression type deal is that look at the gender equality thing, the uh, income. It's a fact that men tend to work harder, tougher, more dangerous jobs and work longer hours. Or whatever, and as a whole are in areas that you're going to get paid more. And it's not the same for women. It's kind of like the, the U.S. women's team are upset. Ah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we're not getting paid. We're not getting paid. They're getting paid percentage-wise way more than the men are. They're bringing in way less income. There's, uh, you can't go, you can't swing a dead cat without seeing the proof of this. Just type it in, you know, women, uh, U.S. women's, U.S. women's soccer team, uh, uh, pay equality. I don't have it in front of me. I'm just trying to guess. That. I guess you would type it up. I mean, I found it a couple weeks ago when this all came out. But it, it, the percentages are not even close. They're getting almost twice as much of the cut than the men are. The men are actually getting underpaid for what they bring in. They bring a killing. They, the argument for the women's group was the uh, more people watched the World Cup finals because of the USA versus the men's World Cup. One reason, Team USA wasn't in the World Cup finals. Team USA and the female was in the, the women's Team USA was in the finals. So... Just by simple logic alone, more people from the United States were going to watch Team USA because Team USA was in it. It would have been the same thing if Team USA was in the men's. They, a lot of people would have watched it. But since I think it was Germany and somebody else, Sweden, I don't know who it was. I'm, I'm not a soccer soccer fan, which we jokingly called soccer as a communist sport. Somehow we're getting good at it, especially the females, <laughs> which feminism is a communist idea. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I mean, the gender pay thing is a, a myth right there, but that's a form of feministic principles, especially go, leading into government ideas. For instance, uh, men tend to, uh, to uh, for committing the same crime, men stay in prison longer than women. 
Uh, here's a little thing that I found. This is from the website, uh, A Voice for Men. The facts about men and boys, I have no idea when this was uh, put up. It had a t has a ton of stats on here. So I, like I said, I have everything linked in the uh, the, the uh, description section or uh, uh, show notes section. I'll, I'll read a few of them. You can read the rest. 99.999% of American combat deaths and casualties historically were men. And this guy has three links on to find this. 97% plus since the first Gulf War. The DOD apparently put that one up. The numbers of wounded women and female amputees, meanwhile, are considerably less than their male counterparts. At least 378 wounded versus 17,490. 11 amputees versus over 400, but they are historic for modern-day warfare. A friend of mine, uh, him and his wife, were both uh, mil uh, Marines. Uh, she got an award. I can't remember what award it was when I was helping him out back at the Upstate Warrior Foundation. It was, uh, we, we created it when uh, one of the guys found out that Wounded Warrior Project was pocketing money. So you'll see a lot of sectioned-off, individual, low-key, uh, localized groups helping vets out. Uh, WWT raises a lot of money, but I never met a guy that actually uh, got money from him. Anyway, off topic. But his wife got an award or medal, and uh, she never fired a single round. Uh, she, I don't think she. I think he said, yeah, she never even saw, got off the helicopter. Never got into a helicopter. I think it was. So they gave her. They gave her a medal. I don't know what for. Let's see. Ninety-four percent of industrial deaths and accidents are men. Uh, even though murder is leading workplace cause of death for women, a statistic often used by gender feminists, that number is only a uh, percentage of the 6% of workplace deaths that women comprise. In other words, a fraction of a small fraction. Men are 76% of homicides, DOJ reports that, 80% of suicides, the CDC reports. Uh, suicide took the lives of 30,622 people in 2001, according to the CDC in 2004. Suicide is the eighth leading cause of death for all U.S. men. Anderson and Smith, 2003. 24,672 suicide deaths reported among men in 2001. Uh, CDC again. And they divided all that up. They got out with 80%. In other words, over 80% of suicide deaths in, eight, in 2001 were male. Male rape has been called, quote, the most closely guarded secret of American prisons. Cause from Bison Fryer in 1974. There are estimated to be over 300,000 male rapes per year in American prisons and jails. Meanwhile, a United Nations statistical report compiled from government sources showed that more than 250,000 cases of male-female rape or attempted rape were recorded by police annually. The reported data covers 65 countries. A woman is the party filing for the divorce is about 66% of divorce cases. Quote, how often is it that many more of women want the divorce than the men? Two-thirds is the number. The same amount responsible for divorce filings. And yet another study of divorced couples found that the majority of divorced wives and husbands both agreed it was the wife who wanted out. Women receive custody in about 84% of child custody cases. There is blatant anti-male discrimination in the criminal justice system, and the sentencing disparity between men and women exceeds that between whites and other, any other minority. Average sentences for crime by gender, just the same crime, according to the stats. Female, 18.51 months. Male, 51.52 months. 
There were 205, it says, and growing, wrongly convicted people that have been exonerated by DNA evidence since the beginning of the Innocence Project. 204 of that 205 of the wrongly convicted were men. Most of them were falsely imprisoned for rape. Uh, as we see in the Duke Lacrosse rape case fiasco, false accused are rarely prosecuted, and when they are, it is only a misdemeanor at most, while rape itself is vigorously prosecuted as a felony. The Duke false accuser, Crystal Gale Magnum, went on to commit assault, arson, and finally murder before authorities made a good faith intervention. One attorney speaking at premiere for the movie After Innocence estimates that there are between 20,000 and 100,000 wrongly convicted still in prison. We hear a lot about historically oppression of women's voting rights, but few, if any, women who were born in the 20th century were ever without the right to vote in their lifetime upon reaching legal voting age. On the other hand, about 2,400 California men, quote, 42% uh, of California men killed in Vietnam, gave their life for their country without being allowed by their country to vote. The exact number is 2,381. Four of the 12 Iwo Jima flag raisers died for the country without their country ever allowing them the right to vote. And it goes on and on for a little, a little bit more. Uh, I think I went through a half a page almost for a little bit more. I skipped a few. But like I said, they're in the show notes. Go check it out. Here's a few more stats. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes, five times the average. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes, 32 times the average. 85% of all children who showed behavior disorders come from fatherless homes, eight at 220 times the average. That's from the Centers of Disease CDC. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes, 14 times the average. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes, 9 times the average. 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes, 10 times the average. 70% of youths in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes, 9 times the average. 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes, 20 times the average. Toxic, ma toxic masculinity is one of those things you hear thrown out all over the place. Here are a couple of examples of some just off the chart things. Obviously, man spreading. I never heard of this until about, I think, this year. That's getting, yeah, there's a video of a lady throwing water on people that are sitting with their legs apart in the subway. I mean, one guy's putting, I think he's almost sleeping, taking a nap, and this lady throws water on him uh, in, his, in his groin area because of this. This is from 2017. Swedish left party chapter wants to make urinating while standing illegal for men. So standing at a urinal in a men's bathroom is now toxic masculinity or, or offensive to females. This is right, here's, I'm reading from the article straight off. I'll have it in the show notes. Take a stand or sit the, and sit down for what you believe. Male representatives in Sweden, in some county council in Sweden, should sit rather than stand while urinating in office restrooms, according to a motion advanced by the local left party. Known as, get this, Socialist and Feminist Organization, that's the party, known as a Socialist and Feminist Organization, the party claims that seated urination is more hygienic for men. The practice decreases the likely likelihood of puddles and other unwanted residue forming in the stall, in addition to being better for man's health by more effectively emptying, man's, emptying one's bladder, the local report. Now women apparently can tell us how to pee. Now imagine a guy saying that today to a female. It'd be, all, it'd be the first news you see on MSNBC. Uh, <laughs> 
it's, 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 you laugh, but you don't cry. Well, at the end, a representative from the party says that he hopes to move towards sitting only bathrooms. <laughs> I won't read all of it because there might be some young kids sitting here or, or little girls, so I won't read all of it. But you can read it in the show notes page if you want. Here's another one from March 2015. Why chivalry may not always be what it seems. Men who hold doors open and smile may actually be sexist, a study claims. Boston researchers carried out a study into types of sexism in men. They say there are two types of sexist, identifiable by their smile. Hostile sexist men were less approachable and less friendly. Those who displayed benevolent sexism were nicer and smiled more. So, I mean, as the first couple of sentences, if you're, sort, if you're the sort of gentleman that holds the door open for a lady, or the sort of woman who expects them to, then be warned. Such acts of chivalry may actually be benevolent sexism in disguise, according to researchers. It's, I mean, literally, like I said, you gotta be kidding me, right? You hear about the internet problems, uh, the, U- the EU is trying to do all this stuff to the internet. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, to the point, you go watch, uh, again, Corbett Report they did a couple days ago on this topic. And, I mean, it's we're talking about censoring almost everything they're looking at. But here's an article uh, from Breitbart, I think it is. Uh, the UN wants to censor the entire internet to save feminist feelings. Oh, here's your one. Did you ever know that the air conditioner was sexist? There it was. There I was thinking it was just me that had a problem, but it turns out it's the air conditioning that's sexist. I know. Um, so many women in our office have the exact same problem. You know, we just sit there absolutely freezing at our desks trying to type. Um, you can probably tell I've got a cold right now, which I blame all on the AC. Um, and so it's just so actually quite nice to see this research. Um, it's just such a relief to know that there's actually proof that this is happening, that women, you know, do feel the cold more than men, and that the AC in offices is normally regulated more for a male's temperature than a woman's. And it's an explanation for these constant battles you'll see in offices right across the country uh, between the sexes for control of that office thermostat. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, one of the biggest problems is that often in offices, it is men who control temperatures. You know, that's just something I've found anecdotally. and because majority of the men in offices seem to be absolutely fine with the temperatures, you know, women kind of just sit there on the corner feeling absolutely frozen. And, you know, often, like, actually nothing's being done to help them. And, you know, it might sound like a bit of a silly, light-hearted issue, but actually it's really uncomfortable being freezing at your desk every day. Um, take it from me. No, I, I, I know I experience the same because... What I've often found is you go in on a really hot summer's day, you're wearing summer clothes, you go into an office and it's absolutely freezing. Uh, I think even for some men it must be too cold. I don't understand why air conditioning is often so cold. So what you have to do is then take a jumper in with you and put that jumper on in order to be able to function. They go on for a little bit longer on this, but you get the point. Yeah, If you want to watch the whole thing, it'll be in the show notes section. But this is... If researchers found that most women prefer the temperature to be around 25 degrees Celsius. Uh, how about you just, you know, not go to an office and work? Be enslaved to the state is what feminism is. Getting you out of the house and enslaved to the state. As one somebody, as I can't remember who it was, talked about freedom. A woman freed themselves from the house. I'm going to get called misogynist from this. A woman freed themselves from the house to be enslaved to a boss and get sit in traffic for two hours a day. That how's that freedom and liberation? Go out to go out there in rush hour and see how that is fun. 
I get people in the car all the time. I drive I drive females, I drive women to the airport because they're going out of town for work. I had one lady two weeks ago tell me, man, I'm going to be gone for most of the month, probably about two, two three days. I'm going to be at the house. I'm going to miss my kids this, this, this. I just want to be home, but I got to go out and do this. And she had it. She, I can't remember what company was uh, that she worked for, but she was basically set up uh, conventions for the company she worked for. It was a medical company. No, it was a medical. Yeah, it was a medical company. And, uh, and, uh, she, we started chatting and she asked, Oh, what does your wife do? I go, Well, she stays at home and plays with the kid all day and takes care of the kid. And I'm out here working. And, you know, I, I might have to work a little harder, but I'm working. And here's a lady that works in the medical field. Her husband works in big time. Th- and they still can't, and she still has to work. And I got, you know, you hear that all the time. How I many guys, they, they always want that extra boat or something like that. Somehow, you know, I'm making it off an Uber salary. I get, yeah, I get some donations, but it's not enough to quit driving. I still do this. I still get up at 3 a.m. Uh, every morning, Monday through Friday, drive until I, you know, get tired. And they drive until the rides stop coming in. Usually it's about 8 to 10 hours a day driving. I know I can't do it forever, but that's what we got to do, and I'm still looking for other work. What are these guys? <laughs> but you're going to call the air air conditioning sexist? Hey, be honest with us. Uh, I mean, Marx, feminism is a Marxist idea. Period. Communist. If every female that's married with kids, married with kids, weren't working, what do you think the unemployment rate would be? I mean, I've gotten passed over jobs because females uh, for for females. Two jobs. I had a job in the uh, interview two months, two years ago. My wife and I were talking that with a buddy of ours going up to Mass last night. Uh, so I was close to a gig in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, working for a medical company. And they took the female. And I'm in the back of my mind, I'm going, well, who, who did she need it? Did, did she need to work? Here I am. I'm trying to bring home the bacon to the house. I need a, a job like that. And they gave it to the female. Now, they're saying because of the, I don't know if it was because female. There was a female leading it. It was an assistant rep's job. They asked me if I could work under her. Yes, I could. I told them I could. I could work under anybody. Just give me my orders. I'll get the job done. But imagine, imagine that for you know, females, married mother, mothers that have kids, they don't need to work. Their husbands can, their husbands are doing fine enough. But that's the principle of the government was to make it so that you had to have two people working to get the both mom and dad out of the house. And now what you got going on? The kids are now being trained by the state, daycare, school system. Get out, you gotta get rid of the homeschool and you gotta throw them in the, you gotta go throw them in the school system get mom out of the house the state takes over the kids that state is daddy now state is the government now if you're both parents are now working then they're both producing for the state because what is the i can't remember what is it you have to, you have to work till about mid-march for you to get the income for yourself uh, from what the state takes from you you're paying all the money to the state what does the state do children can be indoctrinated sooner and the influence of the parents can be reduced dramatically as quickly as possible, thus making government cradle the grave, controlling your life. Because literally, somebody is out there raising and training your child while you're at work. And what is the number one concern about Marxism? The economy. So what is bad for the family is good for the economy. You got both parents working. Yeah, you got the unemployment numbers. Uh, you got jobs for the for the schools. You got jobs for daycare. The taxes. You get more income, taxes go in. Uh, the economy is booming. But what happens when the when the strain of all this and that happens because the divorce rate's high? I mean, you got to get a marriage certificate from the state. 
and then you got to go through the state to get divorced. They make money on both ends. On top of that, now you instead of one house and one you know one or two cars or whatever, or just one set of furniture. Now you got to double the furniture. Someone they got to go buy it. Someone's got to go buy more. Someone's got to go buy another house or rent another place. So that's more income going down. So it's you talk about it's all about the economy, stupid. Yeah, I mean that's number one thing. How you know someone's a communist? Number one thing they talk about the economy. Moreover, what has feminism done? Let's look at colleges. Sexual promiscuity between teens, young adults, college. There's a link between, there's, a, there's an article, a link between sexual promiscuity and depression in teens. Does casual sex lead to depression in teens? Uh, and there's a study that says yes. Then you also think about materialism that comes with it because you got to look your best. you got to be the, you know, stunning and all this. And how girls even look at themselves. Am I beautiful or am I not? And if they don't they feel they are, talk about depression. On top of that other depression, because you're not wanted, you get used, you get thrown thrown away as someone's garbage. But that's apparently liberating to the feminist, which leads to abortion or using a contraception or making sure you don't have kids in your prime time years when you're most fertile and most able energy-wise to raise kids. But wait till you're late 30s or 40s, then you need help or you know, uh, different methods to do it, or not even at all. You might, it might be childless. So feminism's given women loneliness, depression, and just the feeling of what purpose, no sense of purpose. In schools, you have young boys that are targeted for rough and tumble play, be, playing like boys, being rough. And they're the ones that are diagnosed with, quote, ADHD. The, fem the females are held to the gold standard. You see that in movies, even now with the women's roles in movies. Uh, used to be the guy, you know, the hero uh, saves the damsel in distress. Look at the movies coming out the, now. You have, uh, and then look at the, uh, and look at the, uh, how they come in the roles. Uh, Star, Trek, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, whatever, the, the girl Jedi. It took Luke how many years to perfect the force to use the force to use the lights to you know use a lightsaber for I me mean, it wasn't like he just picked it up and knew how to do it and there's I mean, the whole drawn out scene with yoda teaching him how to raise a you know a, a plane where the x-wings out and what is in the new one the last jedi she learned in like uh, five minutes figured it out she's able to you know do a lightsaber she's the man and there's a scene when uh, the one uh, the rogue uh, stormtrooper uh, just pulling her through. We gotta go. We gotta go. And she tells him, "We you don't have to hold my hand. We're doing this. Yeah, we don't need a man. I can do it myself." Uh, look at Marvel, Captain uh, Marvel. She didn't have to take her a lot of training to figure out her how to use her powers. Huh? She was already given to him. And all these other guys had to go through years of pain and torture and abuse. Basically, so Captain America, a puny little scrawny guy, getting beat up in the alley. And has to go, you know, go through the process. To, you know, they they picked him because of his character. What's her character? She had none. She was, she was just given the power, and she's the most powerful person in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they show that in the end games when it's all the women, the whole group of women that are going after Thanos. Uh, and a couple of TV shows coming out. Well, another movie, uh, Terminator. After they destroyed Terminator series, after the second one, it's just gone downhill from there. What they got coming up, if you've seen the uh, previews, a female Terminator is the hero. Uh, they bring back 70-year-old, is she 70? 60 or 70-year-old Linda Hamilton, thank God. I mean, even though she should have been in the first, the last three, but she didn't like how they were. Uh, and there was an article, there was an article headlining, 
we thank God there was uh, no males in this movie or something like that. It's, it's just a big feminist block right there. Uh, there's a <laughs> you look at all the movies about the uh, the hero the heroist the heroiness. I think Steven Crowder did a thing about this. Can this can in Kill Bill the girl kicks uh, a front kicks a guy off the off the air into the air and down the steps and they try to recreate that. As a, they couldn't do it as a guy nor <laughs> less a female. You, you notice that when you watch movies like that that girl can't beat up ten guys in a row. That's not going to happen. And uh, was he Batwoman? Uh, yeah, is it Batwoman? Yeah, Batwoman is coming out on the CW. Checked out the trailer. I mean, you talk about just slapping your face, anti-male stuff. She has zero thing, anything, nothing to do with her with Batman himself. And she gets upset. I don't want to. I don't want a man to have take credit for a woman's work. Or uh, was it the uh, the characters? The son of uh, uh, Lucius's son is the guys in charge of Bruce's stuff now and he tells her about because she's supposedly Bruce's cousin or something like this the bat suit is utter perfection and she responds it will be when it fits a woman and it, this, this girl just walks she literally in the scene she walks in breaks into the house steals the bat suit and tells everyone that she doesn't want a man to have, that she doesn't want a man to get the uh, credit for a woman's work what has she done yet Batman's been doing this for years and years and years and she just stumbles in and wants all the credit so you see things like that in society and in the uh, media and entertainment world and then you got the rise of uh, men that are playing video games and porn porn's going up the men don't want to they're getting out of the game they don't even want to get married in japan there's a video i'll include in the show in the, in the description section the show notes women are buying the boyfriend experience it's called they don't want, and they say it in. I would play the the clip because it's, most of it's in Japanese. You got to read the subtitles, but you got to. They're, they're paying. They, they're paying for dates basically because they don't want to. They don't want the experience. They don't want to deal with it. They just want to be on their own. They don't need a man basically. Sex robots. That's up. I mean, there's like there's a guy in a video. I'll show that. Uh, I won't include that video. If you want to go find that one, go for it. But uh, a fewer warning on that one. There was a guy that talks about. Uh, um, he has three dolls that he lives with. And sex robot industry is up. And people are wanting, here's the article from Feminist Current. Sex robots epitomize patriarchy and offer men a solution to the threat of female independence. And this is, they're kind of, they're kind of yelling at men, but that's where the video is called Rise of the Sex Robots. That's a real thing. This is from, what year? 2017. I've seen articles about this even in this year. California's got a big, a big group out of it doing this. When in reality, there's studies everywhere that shows uh, wedding married couples are happier than singles all across the board. But in movies and TV shows and all that, what do you see? The male's a bumbling idiot. Uh, they're fighting all the time. They're uh, uh, sex outside marriage. They're being promiscuous. They're committing adultery that's cool everyone's liking it and countless studies show that leads to depression say suicide anger all you just makes your life worse but you're not going to hear that from that cult you're not going to hear that from feminists you're not going to hear that from your government you're not going to hear that at all from anybody like this so we talk about the heirs of russia that's a major one feminism it like at the beginning when we talked about that one quote feminism is communism socialism marxism 
it's all that it's i mean that's me it's the biggest thing what it is check out the go on my uh, the youtube channel type in feminism census fidelium and you'll see at least probably 10 sermons and lectures that are talking about that it'll bring up the frankfurt school and others uh, remember that group uh, get the book from you michael jones that talks about uh, the one guy that created the the word uh, the phrase sexual revolution and how he used his own daughter in the experiments and how in colleges that they you know you had the co-ed dorms and one lady like, it was a lawyer it was a it was a jesuit college loyola in maryland i think it was my memory is correct it talks about the 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 ra seeing women seeing the girls going in and out of guys rooms and having to turn their you know turn their head or uh, turn a blind eye to it because as the as the study that what's his face did talked about it because as a as a single person the female is strong they they have the moral background they'll stop they'll say no but in a group they don't want to look like they're the odd man out so they're going to do it if it's if everyone's doing it they're going to do it that whole line in conclusion that you need just like the blogs i don't want this just to be a downer type video or, or podcast or whatever but at the end, you know, make a solution. What do we got to do? Make sure you're praying the rosary. Get, stay in this day of grace. Go to confession at least twice a month, every other week. That way you can get to the uh, um, the indulgences from the church before and after. You don't have to go to confession on those days, but you, the uh, it counts before and after. So go every other week, at least. Make forever communions. Stay in the state of grace. Say your three Hail Marys in the morning and after, in the evening. Read good books. Read books by the saints. Uh, study up on the apologetics. Uh, read less of the blogs. And read more of uh, you know Saint Alphonsus, Saint Thomas. Know that and know the arguments. Smile. Get in a get in a. <laughs> be happy. <laughs> I mean, yes, it, it's it's terrible out there. What is it? Life sucks. Grab a helmet. Is a marine line. Uh, yeah, it's garbage out there. You don't need to go down to the sewer and know that the sewer stinks. Yes, I smile all the time. People, people look at me and go, "Why are you so happy?" Uh, well, I'm Catholic. I'm happily married, and I got uh, one great kid and another one on the way. What is there to be upset about? Maybe we could lose the house and lose all this stuff, and I'll still consider myself, as Lou Gehrig said, and when he retired on Jan- on July 4th, I can't remember what year. Uh, and he was a great Catholic, by the way, apparently, uh, the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Yes. Uh, we're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to go conquer the world and change the world, too. Don't be an American Catholic. Be a Catholic who lives in the uh, land of North America, in the United States of America. Uh, and that, you know, when you hear things like that, edu- educate your family and friends. When they say country or our country, tell them it's a union. It's got 50 states in it. If they say feminism, tell them it's communism. Explain it why. How it's Marxism. What is the end game of feminism? Uh, if you hear government talk about health care, bring up its health insurance. Just correct, you know, in a little bit. Uh, people will like being, you know, some of the knowledge that you'll get. Do it charitably, of course. Don't call anybody an idiot. But in reality, uh, if we want Western society to be at least saved, uh, obviously do all the, everything we just got, just got done saying, but men's voices cannot be silenced. They got to be heard. Feminism is a societal cancer that must be excised. God love you. This is Steve Cunningham of Sensitivedelium.us signing off.